Welcome, everybody. Eat, drink, smoke. So good to be with you. I'm Tony Conte. Uh, what's up? Uh, the podcast where we eat the fine food, we drink uh, the fine drink, and we smoke the fine uh, cigars, as always. Uh, well, almost always. Blend Bar Cigar in Indianapolis, joined by Fingers Malloy, joined by April D. Gregory. We'll get to them in a moment, but we start with the bourbon because we always start with the bourbon. It's what we do, and we are into the Blantons today. But first... What makes a bourbon, April Gregory? What makes a bourbon? Don't worry, I'll tell you. Tell a me. bourbon is 51% corn. That is first and foremost. It must be 51% corn. It cannot be any uh, other uh, thing. You, if you should make it any other thing, it's not uh, bourbon. It has to be um, distilled at no more than 160 proof, which would be 80% alcohol uh, by volume. New charred oak barrels, right? Can't be used for any other purpose uh, at any uh, other time. And also can only be uh, have water added to it to bring down the proof when it goes into the bottle. Can't Nothing else can touch it. Nothing else can be in it. The Blantons is being reviewed because April D. Gregory said, hey, um, I, I want to do chick bourbon and chick cigars. And I swear to you, I don't know what that is, April. I don't know what that is at all. No one knows what that is. It just is. means it won't burn my mouth. Yeah, but but there are women out there who can handle things, right? They're not right, but you got to ease a woman into it. Whoa! (laughs) Hey, I'm being eased into the bourbon thing, right? Is this because we've had rye for two weeks in a row, and you're like, I can't do this anymore? That's exactly what it is. I cannot do another rye. Um, I thought the rye was good. No, actually, I had the basil Hayden rye the other night. I had a basil Hayden, and then I had a basil Hayden rye. I liked both of them. Right. So, it I is thought, possible for me to like bourbon and rye. I thought you liked the second rye we did. It was a Jack Daniels rye, wasn't Jack it? Jack Daniels rye I thought was very good. No, I didn't barrel. like that one. I liked the first one better. You uh, The first one? Yeah. Which was the bone snapper rye. Yeah. Which was brutality. But let's talk about Blanton's, Let's talk about we? this one. Can we, can we do a review of the Blanton's? These are, these are fine, upstanding people uh, right here. So, Blanton's um, is out of the Buffalo Trace a distillery is where you're going to find it. Uh, you're talking about a reddish amber, a nose that is going to be spicy caramel and vanilla, um, a slight, slight burn, a palette of raisin caramel, orange, coat the mouth. By the way, I saw coat the mouth open up for who? Oh, and go boingo. Oh, and go boingo in 1986. Ooh. That's right. Uh, and then you will have a little spice on the back end. Um, it's going to have a bit of a floral hint. That finish is going to be burnt sugars and caramel and vanilla. So... This is a standard pour over one large rock. It's been sitting there for just a touch uh, to your health, everybody. Now, I cannot, for the life of me, be somebody who picks out floral in anything. I can't pick out floral in wine. I can't pick out floral in any drink whatsoever. But I can pick out citrus. That's real. That's happening at least on the nose. When you, when you, take, the, when you take the sniff there... Uh, Fingers Malloy. That I can pick up. But I'm now, a, I'm gonna, now I'm going to drink. I'm a middle-aged man, so I eat a lot of raisin bran. I'm not, I'm not feeling the raisin in this either. Well, I think sometimes you use raisin in, in, in place of sweet. I think that's what... Oh, that is smooth. It is smooth. I mean, they can talk burn on the finish, not compared to the rise. No. Not the slightest. My gosh. That this is, is that really, is really bad. doable for someone who's just... But what makes it chick bourbon? Like, like it's Blanton's. I mean, it's a wildly popular. The scarcity is through the roof. The yeah. guys here at Blend, Blend Bar Cigar, BlendBarCigar.com, explaining to us that 
it's hard to find. I mean, it's not that it's the rarest uh, bourbon in the world. It's not that it might be even in your top fives, but it is excellent. And it's unbelievably difficult to find. But right, this, how, so how this is, this is chick not bourbon? this is not in itself chick bourbon. What I said was that the Basil Hayden is referred to as chick bourbon because it's so easy and smooth. So I wanted something that would be easy and smooth, and they suggested the Blantons. Maybe if and Zima makes a bourbon, that would be interesting for you to be, have a chick bourbon. We can all made hope. from Zima. We can all hope. We can all pray. We're all looking forward to the Zima. Uh, bourbon. So, so this is this is the the Blantons. You'll be able to find it places. Um, it, it exists. It's just sometimes a little bit rare because it goes quickly. That is that is unbelievably smooth. It's good, though. really good. The citrus Very is rare. real. I think the vanilla at the end is real. I'm with you. Uh, if if raisin means sweet, okay, towards towards that finish. But if raisin is supposed to be some other kind of complex flavor, I don't have it. I don't have it at all. I want to say no. But it stays on your lips. Mm. Mm. No, it's all right. And you don't have to chew this. There is no Kentucky chew. You in Kentucky this. chew every bourbon. No, you don't. That's standard no, you procedure. Don't. No, you don't. You don't even know what you're saying. You wafe it in you with your lips you, open. You, I'm sorry. You wafe, wafe it? Waff it? You, you waft. You, you, you take it waff. in. You suck it in with your mouth and your nose. La- last wassa. Last week it was Reese's peanut butter right. cups. Now, Reese's peanut butter cups. And it's not Reese's. It's Reese's. Reese's. It's re- I did the math. I, 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 I did research. It's Reese's. It's Reese's. Don't even argue with me on this. Ask and, any five-year-old what it is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a great way to run a country, too. Ask any five-year-old <laughs> what it is that's going on. Speaking of five-year-olds, Ariana Grande. Ah, you see, I didn't know how I was going to make that transition either. Uh, so, as as you know, Ariana Grande has has uh, uh, ended her relationship with uh, a guy by the name of Pete Davidson. Uh, Pete Davidson is a douche. Now, I don't want to be rude. Wait, and I'm on. the one that gets in trouble for the no, you, teeny tiny f bombs. <laughs> You curse often and and, 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 and effectively F-bombs. is what is what you do. And effectively. Pete Davidson is the comic from Saturday Night Live. He's an effing douche. He's a in what Tony wow, said. Wow. <laughs> the way I said it was so much nicer, April. Oh my gosh. Let me do my total Sorry, total talk. douche. My bad. And he has been I don't know why he's famous. I don't know why it is uh, that uh, that Lauren Michaels thought that he brings something uh, to to the table. But this guy, for a while, was engaged to Ariana Grande. Now, Ariana Grande is the, the smallest human being I may have ever seen in my life. But she has got some of the best pipes you have ever heard. Her vocal range is unbelievable. I don't care what you think about her, her music. I'm talking about her vocal range, April Gregory. It's stunning. Have you, you want to look up something, uh, go to YouTube and do Vienna Ariana Grande. Ariana Grande doing Billy Joel's Vienna is remarkable. It's unbelievable. Why? Why do you say no? I'm not not saying no. You you are, you are are saying no. I'm just a little. Well, first of all, we have to talk about her singing because the whole point of this SNL thing was she dropped her her new song 30 minutes prior to SNL to take away some of this ex's thunder, right? So wait, but let's let's now describe what that is. Yeah, let the host set it up, please. Thanks. She doesn't know how that works. There is I no know, radio. I know, but I was getting to there why no what radio. she sings is important, but no, you no, hadn't no. gotten we, there yet. We haven't, that's right. You, you have jumped the gun a little bit. You know, you know, it's just like a bourbon. you got to be worked into it slowly, right? <laughs> right? That's, that's, that's what the ladies like. They want to be worked into it. 
So they dated. They were engaged. It was a hot and heavy romance. And then uh, the romance was over. The, the, the thrill was, was, was gone. Um, and there were questions about this breakup and whether it was going to be a nasty breakup, whether it was going to be a nice breakup. And Ariana Grande was so worried that Pete Davidson on Saturday Night Live, who had been joking about it, was going to somehow slam her on the show that she has a single about... Uh, she's now the Taylor Swift of breakups, for all I know. <laughs> she puts out the single 30 minutes before the show airs to make sure she's got her side of the story told. Now, Pete Davidson then went on Saturday Night Live to insult Afghanistan war veterans who lost their eye in service. There's a guy running for, for office, and Pete Davidson actually made fun of the dude. It was, it was one of the craziest things you may have ever seen or heard. He is a douche. That's the only way to describe him. I would say it to his face. I, I, there's nothing I wouldn't... He, you, he is what he is. This is what he has chosen to be, so I don't feel bad right, no. about acknowledging uh, no the morality. problem that, that, that he is, Right. So he went on there, and he's, he's joking about this, this Afghanistan war veteran. And he's joking about making fun of, of a couple other Republicans. And then he makes fun of Andrew Cuomo as a throwaway. And then he gets really serious. Really serious. Hey, listen, guys. I know a lot of you are wondering about the breakup. And I just, I just want to say she's a, she's a great girl and a strong woman. And, 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 I, and I, wish her, I wish her all the very best. Because I'm... Because I'm a serious, serious guy, and and that's it. So he's a douche. He is what he is. Nothing else uh, about that. Here's the part of this story that I find so amazing. Is there no such thing as anything private anymore? We just did an entire conversation about the dating life of Ariana Grande and Pete Davidson because it's in news why do we still care about these things? Why would this in any way matter to us at all? For what reason, Fingers Malloy, April Gregory, do we even care? Do Yet we so- care? Somehow we do. We don't. So- TMZ cares. Culture cares. Well, TMZ Kids are talking is- about- No, but the point is, is that this is the stuff being talked about. We've got midterms. Like the- When we're taping this, the midterms are like two days away. Yet uh, that- that's-, that's getting pushed to the side. That's getting pushed to the side uh, because of this conversation. But, like, they're going to talk about their breakups in music and on TV. Can't, can't a relationship just stay, you know, kind of private these days? No. That you're talking about TMZ and Hollywood. Their job is to talk about Hollywood breakups. I don't care about it. You don't care about it. But obviously enough people do because that's what they're talking about. This is all still a little too raw for me. Oh, okay. Here we have Ariana Grande, America's sweetheart. Let's I mean just a few years ago I'm watching her on Nickelodeon with my kids. Now 3 months later or or 3 months ago, fast forward, we're 2018, I'm seeing Bill Clinton eye-banging her on stage at Aretha Franklin's funeral and now this, she breaks up with her boyfriend. They were engaged. Ooh. Listen, listen I to if these. She broke up with him for Bill Clinton. Listen to Stop. these. Stop. Oh, li- oh. Listen to these powerful lyrics, Tony. I'm going to listen to these powerful lyrics right now, Fingers Molly. Got so much love. Got so much patience. I've learned from the pain and turned out amazing. Oh. I mean, I'm touched. So here's my problem. You're talking about how great of a singer she is. She's. Oh, oh her voice. Her voice is, is amazing, like you're saying. 
Don't sing these stupid ass songs if you have that good of a voice. Get yourself some powerfully written songs and showcase your voice instead of being petty about some little nasty douche child. What powerfully written? Did you not just hear those lyrics? No, could you could you repeat those fingers, please? I, I be, she criticizes the, the songs that she's singing. Let me repeat. Got so much love, got so much patience. I've learnt from the pain. Wait, she, she didn't learn. She learned. She hasn't learned from she it. She has a string of these douchey boyfriends. Now, you've got me saying that word. She's got a string hey, of, the, of these of exes. Is, well, she on. has not learned. She one, just dates horrible people. One of people. them has passed away, and I don't want, I don't want to speak of, of the dead. I, I didn't know the dude. The Mac Miller dude, uh, not, my, not my milieu. I didn't know. Not only learnt, okay, learnt from the pain and turnt out amazing. Oh, I, oh no no no! See see you're 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 catching that wrong. That's just poetic license. That's all that is. You know what she is? She she's she, she's speaking the language of the people. She's an American so, treasure. That's 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 exactly what's happening here. So, I'll, uh, by the way, she has bad taste in in men, right? You you date Pete Davidson. There's something wrong with you, correct? Right. Abel? Yeah, absolutely. When she could have, she's Ariana Grande. She could have almost pick of the litter. You know, why would you pick that scuzzball that nobody even knows who he is? Well, obviously, people know who he is now. Well, now they do because he was dating her. I didn't even know who he was until I had to look it up because you told me that we were going to talk but about it But the only today. thing I know for sure is that once we take a look at what he did on Saturday Night Live the other night, she was right. He's a douche. He, 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 and, he's he, a douche. and he's proud of it. But she he dated totally him. proud. If, Listen, if, I think people make mistakes. I, I'm willing to give her a second chance. She's had all these chances. Right. She's now, like 23 he, he and a half years the, old. So she probably started dating when she was 12. If, wow. She was on Nickelodeon, so she was getting some oh, action when on. she was eight. Come on. If Why these two if these two can't make it work, Tony, what hope is there for the rest <laughs> of us? I mean, really. Let me let me take it back to the Blantons. I don't if, believe in love anymore. I mean. Is that are you, are you have you given up on I've love? I've given up April on love. Day? No. Oh, find her on Twitter, April like D. Gregory, and sh- tell her she shouldn't give up on love. You're going to turn out amazing. I guarantee <laughs> yes. it. You're going to learn your lesson. You're going to turn out great. Um, where are we on, on the bourbon? Where are we on the Blantons uh, today, kids? Still good. Yep. It's a keeper. It is. Honestly, I would have gone with a, a larger pour for this cube. That's about it. Yeah. That is about it. But this, this is, is an easy, easy bourbon. And again, the vanilla, yes. The citrus, yes. I'm with you. I don't know where the raisin is supposed to be at all. This is the only bourbon that we have had that I have taken three drinks of plus. Three sips of. Plus. Plus. Yeah. Oh, you're going to finish that. Yeah, I'll probably finish this, but that that. has not happened for anything we have done. So this is a good one. Really? Yeah. Are we going to have to start going like full? Are you going to finish yours? uh, No, no. I never finished. Yeah, but I admit (laughs) it. I admit that I, I don't finish things. Like I I, I am not afraid of that. Are we going to have to like do daiquiris next week? Do you want to do daiquiris? Yeah. Of course you do. No, I don't like daiquiris. What is this, a cruise ship? I don't like daiquiris. I don't know. I like margaritas. No daiquiris. What's the difference between a margarita and a daiquiri? Rum and tequila? Yes, I don't really like rum. I don't even know what's going on anymore. I don't even understand. Bourbon. That's uh, April Gregory, Fingers Malloy, Tony Katz. Eat, drink, smoke. Eat, drink, smoke. You'll find your links later, April Gregory. April D. Gregory joins us, social media maven on Twitter at April D. Gregory. Fingers Malloy, radio host, Wham Radio 1600. Uh, They're in Michigan and podcaster of the Snark Factor and Enough Already podcast. And he does a little bit of this here. Fingers Malloy Radio on Facebook. Find me at Tony Katz on Twitter, Tony Katz Radio. 
on Facebook. I'm, did I say I was Tony Katz? Hey, I'm Tony Katz. How are you? We are drinking the Blanton's uh, bourbon. We're going to get to the cigars in a little bit. There was no real eat today just because of how the day worked out. Um, so uh, here at Blend Bar Cigar, where we record, blendbarcigar.com, um, we went full meat and cheese plate. So uh, it's salami, it's, it's prosciutto, it's some gouda, there's some brie in there, um, I, a little bit of blue. There's a, I forget what the other one is right now, uh, but very happy. And did you have a Pepidou pepper? Did you try a Pepidou pepper? You got a, the, the red one here, Fingers Moy. Get her a Pepidou uh, pepper. Right there, Pepidou. delicious. Do delicious, fantastic. Pepidou. Wonderful. Don't have yourself a Pepidou pepper. Mm, fantastic. A Pepidou pepper is, is is where it's at. When we did the podcast last week, it was immediately after the murders in Pittsburgh. Eleven people murdered. Eleven Jews murdered because they were Jews. Uh, if you don't understand what anti-Semitism is, here's a great example uh, of it. And I think other people get into uh, other definitions. Listen. There is no doubt that this guy, whose name we don't use here because we don't uh, allow murderers to get credit, we don't give them popularity. I think there is some truth to that whole thesis. Um, picked the synagogue, uh, had a problem with Jews, thought Trump was controlled by Jews, had a problem with the caravan, uh, who knows what else he had a problem with, went out and he murdered uh, 11 people who were just there to pray. Um, and as many of you know, I'm Jewish, and it's not that I, I have a different take or I, or I feel it more than other people. I think that's one of the worst, sickest, most twisted concepts in the world. Oh, because I am, therefore, I feel it more. Now, maybe I've dealt with anti-Semitism more than other people. I'm a guy who had pennies thrown at me in middle school. I'm a guy who had swastikas burned into my lawn in Middletown, New Jersey in, in high school. These things happen. Never once did I think that the world, the, the nation was this anti-Semitic nation that was out to destroy me. I thought there were morons in the world, and sometimes this stuff would happen. But Pittsburgh as um, a nightmare, that has been the nightmare scenario of me and my family for a decade plus. And we've been talking about this for over 10 years that there is no more of a soft target anywhere in America than your uh, house of worship when you gather. So for Jews on a Friday night or Saturday morning, uh, for, for Muslims, uh, for, for churches on a, on a Sunday, there is no time that is more of a soft target than that. And uh, we have been discussing why is it, specifically talking about Jews, Jews should be armed. If you walk into your synagogue without a firearm on your side, you are out of your mind. You are, you are asking for trouble. I'm not saying you deserve trouble. I'm not saying you deserve uh, uh, in pain or, or these people deserve to die. Of course not. But when President Trump came out and said, man, there should have been an armed guard there, of course there should have been an armed guard there. This is not debate. We are not debating this subject. And I'll take on all comers gladly. Well, Tony, you shouldn't have to have armed guards uh, at your place of worship. Oh, I agree with you. Yet I live in the real world. And in the real world, you better damn have somebody somewhere, including yourself, able to protect and defend everybody around them. And one person's not enough. They have to know, those people who want to attack synagogues and attack places of worship, that they're going to get 20 shots coming back at them or 50 shots coming back at them. And this is where I learned something rather unique, that there are churches all across America that have security teams. They're not, they're not people who carry firearms actually called security teams this is what they do now to the extent to which they do it and what they're carrying and if they're carrying I don't know but they're so aware of the necessity to be safe and to go home alive that they have security teams and to me this is just incredible and and I'm telling you 
synagogues don't do this, and there is something very, very twisted going on that I want to actually dig into, which is what happens when your religious self gives way to your political self. I want to get, um, I will get into that, but I have never seen a security team in action. Have you, April? Have you ever seen a security team at work at a church? I have. I have friends who are police officers, and they do off-duty security for churches. Okay, so so they're there. They're the ones out front, and and th- but that's different than like like when I hear security team, like I think that they've got like patrols of people walking the church and walking the grounds and doing oh, everything else. Is that what they've done? No, I mean just like people outside the church or outside the congre- you know congressional hall or whatever. Right, it's called. sanctuary. Yeah, the sanctuary. Call it. I've never been no, to church co- before. It's the Congressional Hall. You've <laughs> never been to church before. I uh, know. I, I do know of police officers that do do that on Sundays, work, work at the uh, churches. Oh, yeah. Now, that happens. Listen, the, the, over the weekend at my synagogue, there, there was someone there. I mean, it's, it's a hard thing to afford. You know, you're paying the uh, 40, well, 50 every, bucks an hour, whatever it's going to be for an off-duty. That, yeah. yeah, so not that's once. why. And no, not every church can afford it, which is why I think they've got to be on this themselves. They're a problem with coming to, coming to church, uh, fingers armed? Shouldn't be. Uh, you know, I, I, got, I got into an argument with a, a lefty friend of mine some time ago over this, and her argument was, uh, or her concern was that it would turn into a shooting gallery if we had someone there that was, was armed. I would rather be in a shooting gallery, which I don't think would happen, versus being a sitting duck. Which is exactly what happened in Aurora, Colorado. It was the Batman movie. It was the shooting there. Mm-hmm. And I, I've told this story a million times. I mean, I wish I, th- th- there's no humor in this, guys. You know, I, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to, to bring everybody down here. But it's, it's a serious issue about what it is that we, the, the citizenry, I think, uh, have to do. And there's a fair amount of this that involves not paying attention to the law as written because the law as written will get you killed. In Aurora, Colorado, when that guy started shooting, there are stories of boyfriends who jumped on top of girlfriends to save them and they got killed. And that has always haunted me because it's different if you had said husbands who jumped on top of wives, brothers who jumped on top of sisters, things like that. Boyfriends on top of girlfriends? You mean somewhere in them they they had made no commitment of that level? There was no blood relation? They still found it it, it incumbent upon them to protect the one that they were with? That to me is is make you cry. Yeah. Kind of of amazing and stunning. But that no one was able to shoot back and some politician out there thinks that that's good, that's criminally insane. These are daft, ignorant people and they're wrong and it's important to say so. Well, and it can't just be one person at the door happens to have a gun, you know, you, or does have a gun because then that person is a, the known target. And if you take out that person or wound that person and then everybody else is a sitting duck. So it has to be members of the congregation, all of them, multiple, all the men, whoever, a bunch all of the men, them. all the women, all the everyone. You know, I, I don't leave it to just the, the, the men in, right. in, in this case because women have a responsibility to go home alive and, and their children to go home alive. And they have to be able to do that. But I re- let me relate the story out of a, of a, of a church for, for a moment. There's a woman by the name of Gabrielle Maria Garcia. She was stabbed at a Mod Pizza, M-O-D. I've never been. There's actually one, There's right, one right down the road from us. I've never been. Uh, this was in Seattle. Um, and so uh, she was stabbed there, and she actually passed away from her injuries. The suspect was booked into jail uh, of investigation of domestic violence homicide. He sta- this guy stabs this woman, 
who he may have a connection to, a bystander with a concealed carry permit pulls his gun, and then actually somebody else recorded the entire confrontation. I mean, after the stabbing. Yeah, after after the stabbing. So the the point of that point that I make is is that here's is a guy that was able to stop someone else. Who knows if he could have hurt somebody else? Certainly didn't allow him to leave the scene of the crime. But because he had a firearm, he had the capability to be able to protect others. Because who knows what could have gone on? Now maybe the guy dropped the knife at that point. Mm-hmm. Whatever the case may be, we know the story of that was was the McDonald's. A guy walked into a McDonald's, started shooting, and and uh, and someone there had had a firearm and, and was able to to stop them in their tracks. Was there with his son uh, as 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 the story went. Um, I mean, this is maddening, maddening stuff that's happening. The point is, without the ability to protect and defend, all we are are statistics. And I want to know why it is we have a society that is desperate to create more and more statistics. Moms demand action. Uh, And Michael Bloomberg and Senator Dianne Feinstein, what is it that they're actually creating? What safety are they uh, creating? Aren't they just... Isn't this just about creating opportunities to get more statistics? The dead people. And political power while you're at it. Well, I mean, yeah, it's about the political power. It's about political power, power too. But uh, thank God for that guy who had the concealed carry in, in Seattle, which I didn't think was possible uh, in Seattle. But uh, he, the, the guy, if you watch the footage, which I can't believe anyone would post that footage on the Internet, but he, this the guy who stabbed the woman, he's covered in blood, and he's begging this man with the concealed weapon permit to shoot him. And this kind of ties into what we've discussed before about death by cop, where these guys have some sort of... Suicide, suicide. by cop is what they call it, yeah. Yeah, yeah suicide by cop, excuse me. Um, where they are going into the city. I, I, I've got nothing to lose, I'm desperate, and I want a cop to kill me. Right. So... When I read the story, here's my thing. I've been to Seattle, and if anybody's been to Seattle, they know it's a big, overpopulated city, basically. So this man came into a mod pizza in the evening, stabbed this woman, the mother of his child, allegedly, in front of her four-year-old. Is that who she was? Yeah. He stabbed her in front of her four-year-old. The four-year-old was sitting right there. He stabbed her multiple times. Where were the other dudes in that pizza place that couldn't tackle him? While he was stabbing a woman in front of her child. That's a whole different conversation. That's what I was wondering that, and, and like so, when I read it. And that is, and, and I agree with you, um, there, there is a lack of stand-up. Now, there's a guy stabbing, and maybe you don't realize what happens, what's happened until it's over. Mm-hmm. It is very possible these things can happen quickly, and you don't realize what happened until it's over. But now let's take a look at it from today. That was yesterday. This is today. Or that was this morning, and this is today. And we know that it happened. Tell me now why you're better off not being able to protect yourself or or not even let's not even take you. Why would you think it's okay to vote for people who prevent others from wanting to protect themselves? And this is where we get back to the synagogue. This is where we get back to the to the lesson of Pittsburgh. There are rabbis out there who don't think you should be armed when you go to when you go to your uh, local synagogue. And those rabbis should be taken off the pulpit. They should be removed from the synagogue. If your rabbi is one of these people who thinks that you should not protect yourself, that should not be your rabbi. Go find another synagogue. Of course you should. Because here's where it's getting crazy for me. My desire to go home alive, I don't know if that so much exists from my Judaism. Right? I mean, this is kind of, to an extent, an existential question. I don't know. I don't know how other people would view it. But that doesn't exist so much from my Judaism. It exists from my existence. 
right? My fight or flight. My job is to go home alive, to go home to 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 my wife and my family. This is my job. No no question uh, about it. So I don't even know if that exists from my from my Judaism. To not arm oneself and to say that other people shouldn't protect oneself doesn't come anywhere from Judaism. It comes from liberalism. So they have supplanted their Judaism with their liberalism on this subject. And and if you if you meet the rabbis who believe this kind of stuff, they're always liberals. I mean, we don't even have to discuss it. We're, this isn't this isn't a bashing going on. These are the facts. There is no one in America who can come close to challenging me on these facts. So which one is more valuable? And that's why I think that when your rabbi says you shouldn't be armed, that's a synagogue you shouldn't belong to. Or at least you got to tell the rabbi they're wrong and they immediately have to change their mind. You have to press on them aggressively. It's the same thing as they say you can't bring a firearm into a, a, a place of worship where they have a school, like the preschool sometimes. Those kids shouldn't be protected. That is insane nonsense. And no, you shouldn't pay attention to those laws. I'm saying you shouldn't pay attention to those laws at all. But I find it interesting that in, in how I'm breaking this down, and I'm looking for someone to give me some kind of, well, what do you think about this? My desire to go home comes from my existence. I don't even know if it comes necessarily from my religion, and, and someone could prove me wrong on that. But the idea that you don't think people should go home alive, you don't believe in any protection, no armed guards and no one carrying in the, in the, in the synagogue or in the church or in the mosque, that's liberalism. That's not your religion. Your religion doesn't say, oh, yeah, and when fired upon, uh, be, you know, sit there and wait. Wait, I'll, I'll be coming soon to take you home. No, there's not. That doesn't happen. That's not the way it works. So I find it fascinating. And, and, and the, if you wanted the ever-loving proof that, that far too many in clergy lean to the political left, I, I think this is one of the great, great examples. And I would love to see someone attempt to refute it. I don't I, know. I mean, I'm not going to. It's, it's, I know that I'm, you know, I'm not trying to get soapboxy here, but I've, I've been staring at this now for a week and breaking down where this, you know, kind of, kind of comes out. How are we better off as a society if we tell people, if not that if people choose not to defend themselves, but if we tell others they're not allowed to defend themselves, how are we better off? The, I think part of the problem is that the people that are saying this on the left, the liberals, they think that it's it's the crazy right wingers that are doing these things and if they just get in power or whatever they win the election this isn't going to happen because they they just think it's going to go away i think i don't think they think that it's possible for them it is political i don't know what i'm trying to say no i mean i mean it, it's frustrating the whole thing is unbelievably frustrating and and the worst part is that the politics have so entered the other parts of our lives that we it, it's it, they they can't it's hard to extricate them out. I'm telling you, I have had. I mean, I I grew up Jewish. It mattered to me. It was important to me. My wife converted. This was all serious stuff to me. And over the past decade, man, it has just been. It's been a burden. It has been exhausting. It has been angering. And it was took about a, about a year ago. I realized that the problem is not Judaism. The problem is these people who think that their politics is Judaism. And it has taken me about a year to, to feel better about things, to enjoy holidays again, to, to reconnect my whole family uh, with it uh, in, in, in every way, shape, or form, find a synagogue I want to be a part of, uh, these things. Oh, it's been, a, it's been a decade of just absolute pain. Do you think part of the problem, too, is there's just a lack of understanding 
uh, about guns from people who don't desire to own a gun, uh, know absolutely nothing about what it's like to get a gun. When you have when you have politicians going out and giving speeches saying, oh, in certain parts of Chicago, it's easier to buy a book, uh, gun than it is to buy a book. And if you Biggest know absolutely... Biggest bunch of crap in the world. And if you know absolutely... Obama, right? Yeah, if you know absolutely nothing about guns and what it takes to get a gun, uh, you buy into that because you have no idea. Do you think a part of the problem is there's just a lack of understanding about what, what it takes to, to get a gun? No, I actually don't think it's a lack of understanding because a lack of understanding would mean there was an attempt at understanding. They don't want to understand. Uh, what, the, what they want to do is tell you you're wrong. It is the yeah. only subject I have ever seen where people want to default to fear. They would we rather fear- tell you you're wrong than literally than protect themselves. Yes, and they would rather spread fear than spread the truth. It's the only subject I've ever seen in my life where, where people do this. Uh, you take a look at Moms Demand Action, which I, I have said this many times before. No mother seriously belongs to Moms Demand Action. Moms uh, do things that are smart and sensible. And this is an organization that's an anti-gun organization. And no matter what they say about supporting the Second Amendment, I'm saying it's a lie and I'll take on all comers on that one based on what it is they've done and they've said, based on what Shannon Watts, their leader, has done and said, based on what Michael Bloomberg, who gave them $50 million, the former mayor of New York, has done and said. But what they would rather do is say, when you see a gun, you should be afraid, as opposed to when you see a gun, you should follow these steps. You should know what it means. You should understand what's happening and then make an informed decision. They want children to be scared, which is why, for example, when Kroger, you know, the, the, the supermarket uh, chain, uh, there was a whole conversation about whether or not you can open carry in a Kroger. Now, I don't open carry. I think open carry is a bit peculiar. But if, if a child sees a firearm on someone's hip, they should say, hey, mom, that guy's got a gun. That's one thing. But no, I think moms demand action. These other people want the kid to run screaming as if somehow they're going to be traumatized. My parents grew up in a generation where an alarm would go off and they would hide under their desk for fear that a nuclear bomb was coming. These kids are going to be aff- are going to be scared to the point they wet themselves if they see a firearm on someone else's hip. Even if What's it's a cop. cop. <laughs> Even if it's a cop, right? No, 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 I think that's a good point. Even if it's a cop. It's the only subject where I've ever seen people act this way. It is surreal what it is that's happening out there. Uh, yeah, listen, uh, you go to services, you go to a synagogue, you go to church, carry a firearm. You don't have a firearm yet? Go get one. Go get trained. Go learn how. Uh, it's, it's easier than you think. People will actually be very helpful. Every now and then you'll meet some scumbag who wants to prove to you how much they know. Just avoid that guy and move on to the next guy. These people in gun stores, they will help. And if you need any help with finding anybody anywhere, uh, Twitter at Tony Katz. I will, I will help you connect with some people wherever you are in the country. I will help you connect with some people. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Eat, drink, smoke. Tony Katz, April D. Gregory, Fingers Malloy here. Blend a bar cigar. Indianapolis, Indiana. Now they've got four locations. Of course, they're in Pittsburgh. They are in Nashville. They are in Houston. But this is the flagship. This is the mothership uh, right here. Eat, drink, smoke. Uh, uh, eat, drink, smoke at, at Blend Bar Cigar. Blend Bar Cigar uh, dot com. And and we're uh, getting into the cigar portion of what we're doing. But people have been asking, how is the podcast going? What's happening? Uh, it's going amazingly well. Here is where you get involved. First, you have to go review this thing. You have to give it five stars over at iTunes. We're building it. We're growing it. Uh, April D. Gregory is very angry with me for not doing enough 
uh, on this subject. Uh, we said that we have uh, prizes to give uh, for people. We've actually extended that out through the end of November. We want to give everybody a chance to get in, get involved, uh, get interested. Um, some of our favorite cigars, some of our favorite things, uh, they'll be they'll be coming your way when you review and when you give uh, the the five star review. And and someone did give us a one star review. Uh, April D. Gregory, I you know what? That. It's cool. It's fine. It's okay. I'm not going to be. We don't like angry. you either. Uh, wow, wow. I was I was going to say, give us a chance. We'll grow on you. But no, no. Ra- rather just go full April D. and and go right right for the blood. Um. Uh, so so you got to go. You got to subscribe on iTunes, right? And you got to give the five stars. And then of course you can find it all tonycats.com, t o n y k a t z tonycats.com. You should go. And be a part of it there. Then you should share it with friends. You should follow on Twitter. Go eat, drink, smoke. Right. So go eat, drink, smoke. And then the last one is, um, can, can people donate? And the answer is, of course you can. Uh, but that's over at TonyCats.com. When you look at uh, eat, drink, smoke, there should be a place there to just click a little thing and donate. Because some people want to. They want to be a part of what's going on and what's happening. Final thing, people have been asking April D. Gregory, um, are, are you coming to my town? Are you coming to where I am? Are you coming to my area? Now, I've been asked this here in the Indianapolis area because we're, we're all in, in Indianapolis, but it's true uh, the country over. If we can make it work, if there's an opportunity there, if there's a deal that can be put together, yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll take, this, take this on the road. We'll take a road show. Absolutely. There's, you there's can be no a groupie. Question. You can uh, carry our equipment. What? what? What do you do then? If, the, if other people are carrying the equipment, what is it that you do? I just look pretty. Ah. Look at that finger. I can't more. mess up my manicure carrying equipment. Yeah, fingers. She took your job. Took your job right there. I'm used to it. You uh, are clearly here to be the arm candy. Can we get a tour bus? And I can't. No. No? No. A jet? <laughs> yeah, well, of course. Okay. Don't, don't be ridiculous. So, yes, all of those things are possible. Uh, and so go right now and iTunes and get it done. The cigar. Can we get on to the cigar? Can we get on to the smoke part of eat, drink, smoke? Now, this whole day started with uh, April D. Gregory deciding, you know what? I, w- I want to review chick things. I want chick bourbon, and I want chick cigar, and nobody knows what the hell it is she's talking about. So we went with cigar with, with bourbon. We went with the Blantons, the Blantons bourbon, which is going to give you that, going to give you some fruit, some citrus uh, kind of kind of uh, uh, notes. It's going to give you that vanilla on the, on the finish, a bit of caramel. Uh, there's a conversation about whether or not it's supposed to give you raisin. None of us got that uh, a- at all. But it's a v- it, Blanton's hard to find. But a very, very good, easy, smooth bourbon. You, you approve, April D. Gregory. It is really good. And the top, you can keep. It has a little horse on top. <laughs> you can collect the horses. She focuses it's on the important so things. It's so rare that if you collect the horses, and there's one of them that's worth a whole lot of money. But it has a horse on top. Ridiculous. Now you know. I didn't know that. It's I didn't really know. good. It's not a horse. chick bourbon. It's a really good bourbon. No, it's a but good if bourbon. you're a chick, you would like bourbon. it. So we said, okay, hey, Blend, what in the world is a chick cigar? Because I, I, listen, there are one couple things I don't allow. I don't allow flavored cigars at all. Acid is the brand, right? I think that's from Liga Pravada that does flavored cigars. You, go ahead if you want. Don't ever ask me to review one, though. I won't do it. It's Have a this. dessert cigar, right? Like a vanilla chocolate so there is a cigar yeah. called uh, for, uh, it's the natural. It's the the dirt from natural, or, or it, it's it's a brand, and that tastes a bit like pipe tobacco. That's a really interesting flavor to it. Does it smell like pipe tobacco? Because it, that, to me, yes. Oh, that that's to me fantastic. Yeah. You, listen, we can do pipes one of these days. Pipes are unbelievable because the so so the different than than so when you take a cigar when you utilize a cigar you're relying on the blender 
and the master blender to be able to provide you with a flavor profile. With a pipe, you can do anything you want. You are in complete and total control. Whoa, I was, I was a little bit overmodulated. I'm sorry. Uh, complete and total control with a pipe. It really is something else. Would, are you telling me, April D. Gregory, you wouldn't smoke a pipe? I would, but I never have. What about a bong, April? Would you smoke a bong? What are we talking about here? Again. That's not legal Would in this state. smoke a bong again? Oh, please. There are, there are no rules. R- rules are just a construct. I'll uh, do hookah. I've never, hookah lounge? I've never smoked I've been to a, a pipe. Lounge. Have you smoked a pipe? A pipe never once. Never just it, it never came up. It, I never had an opportunity, but I totally would. That's would a totally 70s a thing from what I remember. We have to have our smoking coats on. Yeah. Uh, we can get some, we can get some smoking jackets or maybe we just get some terry cloth from Bed Bath and Beyond. Monocle, you'll need your monocle. Oh, I rock a monocle like no one's freaking business. Can I just say looks so good as the Monopoly man? Can we talk about the cigar? This is this is not a chick cigar. I don't even know why we would call it a chick cigar. This is the this is the lounge from Avo. L O U N G E from Avo. A V O. Now Avo is a name in cigars, and we've reviewed some of their other ones before. If you go back to the Eat Drink Smoke archives, uh, you will find it. This is a Toro. So this is a six by fifty. So we're talking about not too big of a ring gauge, six inches in length, right? So the the larger number refers to how uh, thick a cigar is, the smaller number refers to the length of a cigar. Um, uh, Toro and the five and a half, six is where you would go. They also sell, sell it as a double Corona, which is a seven inch cigar, basically their way of saying a Churchill, as I would see it, as I would describe what it is. This is an Ecuadorian sun-grown wrapper and Dominican binder and filler. This cigar should, by definition, be an unbelievably spicy, spicy smoke. That's what this uh, should be. I don't know if I would ever, ever qualify it like that or quantify it as that. It should start off uh, with a lot of that pepper, and then it's going to, uh, through. remember, cigar is always, for me and for, every, for most people, in thirds. First third, second third, third third. And a cigar profile will change as it goes through. So you may start with that spice. I don't, I don't feel it that way. Maybe because I, I just smoke more cigars, maybe stronger cigars uh, than, than, than you do. It will start getting into that creaminess. It will start getting into that kind of uh, of, of almost a, a thickness. Um, some people discuss it as a possible like a, like cedar and and some wood flavors uh, uh, coming through, and perhaps even a, a grassy note. Last week we smoked a cigar that was a very very earthy grassy um, uh, cigar, and you were you were not a fan, April D. Gregory. You were like that was. That did not no, work for you. It wasn't my. It was. It was good. It was still good, right. but it was just not my favorite at all. So uh, as as you go through this, it's going to be. A, it's, this is probably like a solid medium cigar. Um, the Avo, I would consider it a little bit lighter than solid medium, but that's just me. It's going to have those earth feels. It's going to have those creamy notes. And uh, while people may describe it as spice, because it is a sun grown by by nature, uh, it's spicier. Mm-hmm. I've never felt that way about the Avo Lounge, and not. Not a chick cigar, but but ladies, feel free. But like, I like it. Yeah, you'll still like it. Um, so my question is, we did the V cut today, which you normally oh, do. They are all V cut because because uh, you know sometimes they cut mine and fingers is different. You always do the V. Uh, any no, his is straight. Uh, fingers has, straight. has a straight cut right there. Uh, what do I have? No, you have a, you have a straight cut right there. That oh. is a V cut. Oh, right. So you have a straight cut. So it's just right across. Right, right, simple. It's not very well um, straight cut. My, I, I, mine, won't, mine won't even show on the Facebook feed uh, oh. where we stream, facebook.com slash Tony Cuts Radio from time to time. So it's it's like a, a V. It's a like a wedge, like a, like a wedge salad. It's a, you cut out a wedge of the of, middle. Of in, into the cigar. Okay. It, it, it intensifies the draw. Okay. And it's the way I prefer 
uh, to smoke. You can also do it with a punch, which is basically the little circle, right? You won't be going into the cigar uh, too much, but it will intensify the, the draw. Okay. And uh, for someone like myself, it's just a, a more enjoyable, pleasurable ex- experience. If you know? you're a novice... It's, it's basically like it's, like it's V-cut for my pleasure. If you're a novice, uh, should you stay away from trying to cut your own in a V-cut? Can oh, you really no. screw it up? No, you have to get, you get a cutter. It, you get a cutter that has a V-cut. They will sell... You can find them super, super cheap. You can okay. find them for five or ten bucks, if that. Uh, they'll be made of plastic, but it'll be a straight cut, like a, a, a guillotine cut. Right, and that's what it looks like, and then it'll have a V cut on the other side, so it'll dig in a little bit. Um, no, 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 don't don't do it with a knife or anything like that. Get 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 the cutter, absolutely get the cutter. Now, if you're gonna smoke cigars, like if you're actually gonna smoke cigars, spend the money and buy a cutter. Spend the money and 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 get one that's good. I don't say that about lighters. Now, don't use a bic, don't use butane. Change the flavor of of the cigar. If if you ask people who are Deep and heavy into it, they're going to tell you that you need to get a cedar stick. You need to use a match on a cedar stick or a, or a torch a lighter on a cedar stick and then use that and light the cigar. But use a torch, uh, a single jet, three jet, four jet, whatever the case may be, and you don't have to spend a ton of money. A total, total myth that you do. Maybe if you want the affect, the look of it, sure, but you don't have to for the, for the, for the light. I, I have one more question for you, Tony. I think one of the things that has prevented me from really getting into having a home collection of cigars is buying a humidor. If you're if you're just starting out, do you think that that's something that you really need to go buy, or can you do? I, I've seen you know things on the internet where people will take a Ziploc bag and put their cigars in a Ziploc bag with a moist paper towel just to get yeah, by in that. the beginning. No, don't, don't do, do that. that. Don't do that. Don't don't waste your time. Listen, if you have a, a cigar or two in the house and you're going to smoke it over the course of the next week, don't worry about anything. Okay, All right. Um, some people do Tupperware. And, and stuff like that, and, and a sponge. So here are the only things that, that matter. A humidor has to have a good seal, right? It's got to be able to close properly. And you never use tap water. You have to use distilled water in a humidor. Otherwise, you're going to be getting mold. It's going to be a mess in there. So you have to use distilled water. It's 99 cents for a gallon. You go and you buy it. And you'll buy what's, what's called, the, called a puck. And so basically, it's, it's a plastic disc that has a sponge in it. And you just put it in there, and then you put the, that in your, in your humidor, and it'll keep everything humidified. And everyone's got different layer levels of how moist they like their, their cigar. By the way, what's the over-under of me working moist into the podcast? You're welcome, everybody. I'm here to help. I swear to God I am. That's one of those um, words that some people cannot stand. I, why is that? I don't know. Uh, you, it's no, it's not some people. Women. Moist snowflakes. Women. You, 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 you throw... <laughs> moist snowflakes. You, you, you throw that on Facebook, and... I, 10, 15 women out of the woodwork that are your friends will say, oh, I hate that word. Really? How many dudes do you say, man, I really hate the Why word Why would you moist. be triggered by a word? I don't get it. Uh, in today's world? Because everyone's triggered by, by absolutely everything. you got to have reasons. So um, I don't think you have to spend big money on, on a humidor either. I have never bought into that. Um, one of the, if you want a low-cost, high-yield cigar jar, look up a cigar jar. And buy it. it's it's all plastic and it's got like one of these tops like it was like if you kept if your mom kept flour on the on the kitchen counter you know what I mean it's got one of those flip top things oh, yeah. um, that's still connected uh, one of those and it works really really well and you could just keep it in the closet or 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 do whatever it's like uh, a candy with jar it. but it's a cigar yeah, jar right but it's a cigar jar that's a good way to start and then can't you you can get something that's similar in size to like those hand warmers, right? That's a, like a packet that you can throw in there that will keep. Oh yeah, so they've too. got like like it's so these humidifying packs that you you can buy if you don't want to do the water and then you can just replace them every month or 
or whatever the, the case may be. It's, it's, it's super easy uh, to do. If I may, if I may, I would like to talk about the lying lady. Speaking of chick cigars, a woman admitted she lied, fabricated, made up the story that Brett Kavanaugh raped her. And what? It's game over. It's game over. The whole believe all women nonsense is over. That doesn't mean that some women shouldn't be believed. It means this idea, this crazed, insane nonsense of believe all women, this trash, is over and done with. It's garbage. The story is uh, Washington Times uh, with uh, the story. Um, there is a woman who identified herself as Jane Doe. This was back on October 3rd in an email. Um, uh, her name has uh, since uh, come, come out. Um, uh, Judy Monroe Layton is her name. She said that Brett Kavanaugh raped her. This, according to this October 3rd uh, email, um, investigators had tried to reach her for a month but were unsuccessful until this week when they spoke to her by phone. And she said that she was not the original Jane Doe and she did it as a way to grab attention. She said she's never met Justice Kavanaugh and she did it solely, solely uh, to get attention. Admitted of the, uh, the false allegations that I was angry and I sent it out. I'm sorry. Believe all women. You're completely and totally insane. And the women out there have to accept the fact that you're completely and totally insane. If you think I'm going to believe you just because you say something happened. This is exactly what the Kavanaugh effect, April D. Gregory, was all about. This idea that people's husbands and brothers and sons and fathers are going to be screwed, are going to have their lives uh, completely upended because one person wants to make a claim and no one will even check to see whether the claim is valid. Yeah, but now we're talking about it and that's what they want. They want it to be part of the national conversation. That was their whole purpose. Right. They want what to be a part of the national conversation? How everybody's like a Me Too victim. It's not a conversation, though. It's a lecture. A conversation involves a give and take, a back and forth. There is no back and forth. To them, it's worth sacrificing Kavanaugh for the greater good. Well, but wait, wait I, I'm sorry. What was the greater good again? I don't know. No, I'm not I a mean, liberal. I don't know. I, I, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand their brains. Well, give me the, was, the greater good was was talking about sexual assault. Can you are you telling me that we can't have a conversation about sexual assault in America without first destroying someone's life? That's that's the only way we can have a conversation. Destroy first, discuss later. Yes. No. This that's had nothing saying. about the Me Too movement, and it was everything about stopping Judge Kavanaugh. That's it what it was, was all so about. So everything about stopping Judge Kavanaugh, well, Justice Kavanaugh. Let's get it. Yeah. Let's get it right. <laughs> yeah. Just throw that right. in there. Um, and and that can't that can't be denied. And the amount of people who know that going into midterms, you know, who have been voting. Do you guys know early voting numbers have now exceed twenty sixteen? Right. They exceed a presidential. Now, part of that is because Republicans have finally bought in. I hate early voting. Me too. I don't do it. I hate early voting because I just I think it leads to disaster. What I would like to see, and I've said this many, many times, I want to see a day of voting. I don't want voting to be from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. or whatever it is. I want voting to be 24 hours, midnight to midnight, all across the country, right? So you can get there anytime. It all happens on one day, and then we can count. I don't need to count votes so CNN and Fox News have, you know, primetime coverage of election results. 
I don't need that. What I need is safe, secure uh, ballots and voting booths, and therefore, uh, you know, everybody getting getting an opportunity so that they can get off work or take off work or do whatever it is. I think early voting leads to, to fraud problems, but that's maybe that's just me. But Republicans who have been opposed to early voting have clearly adopted, right? They're like, screw it. This is happening, and we might as well get on board. And so their numbers through the roof, Democrat numbers are, are high. Early voting, man, it's been unbelievable. I'm, I, I, and if you ask me what I think, how this is going to work out to Republicans and Democrats in House and Senate, uh, I, I got no clue. I really have no clue. I still think Republicans keep the Senate. I have no idea about the House. And I have no idea what, in the end, is motivating people to vote. Like, I, I, I'm pretty good at this. I, I, I keep a, a track of this. I know it moves the people on the political left to vote. It's Trump hate, right? It's 150% Trump. Mm-hmm. Is, is there something else? Is there another subject motivating people? Well, I don't know if it's too... Just because in this uh, day and age where every single day it's a new outrage, literally every day we have to be outraged about Trump doing something. So I don't know if because of that the Kavanaugh effect is not going to be as big. Yes, we were all outraged then, but now has it been watered down? Because in the 30 days since he has been confirmed, there's been 30 other outrages, and it's just kind of a, I'm so sick of all the outrage, you know? If the election was right after the Kavanaugh confirmation, oh yeah, the Republicans would have had their red wave. Yes, but that's where the early voting comes into play because a lot of them did vote after that happened. So even if the even if the Kavanaugh effect has has waned, right? If you want to engage that conversation, which is certainly possible, you can't you, you can't quantify the amount of people who may have voted while the out outrage was still there at peak, right? So this is why I'm I I, I find it very difficult to be able to make the decision and I go through polling like it's my job I never believe any one poll but I go through the polling I go through trend lines none of it makes sense well the other pick a race pick a race it doesn't make sense I want to ask you guys a question too Uh, I don't know and I don't exactly uh, and I don't want to sound like a tinfoil hat person because I'm not but I let's say you were. Well, let's every, say I am. every week one of us says that. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Well, no, no. I, I, because if you start throwing out the I don't believe the polls, you know, stuff, people start to think that you, you know, are going to start talking that there shouldn't be fluoride in the water and there's chemtrails on there. I'm not going there. But what I'm asking is, but you I can don't see know. Chemtrails. <laughs> oh, good God. <laughs> What's happening? Sorry, you're trying to have a serious conversation and then. I don't know how they can come up with an accurate poll. And, and what I mean by that is I, I don't know about you. I don't answer my phone. If I see a strange number that calls, I don't answer it. And B, if someone's on the other line and says, hey, I'm uh, Jim Johnson from uh, such and such research uh, institute of institutes, and I want to know who you're voting for, I'm hanging up the phone. I don't want to talk to this person. And I think, especially if you're a right-wing-leaning person, I don't know if you're just going to uh, pick up the phone, well, answer wait. it, and talk to some stranger about your political beliefs. So there's beliefs. a whole theory about that. And there's a theory about a hidden 5%. You are not the first person to bring this up. There is an entire theory about the idea that there is, uh, in any poll, a built-in 5% for Republicans because of exactly what you said. They're not going to answer the question. They're not going to get themselves involved. They're not going to put it out there uh, for... For the world to see. It's absolutely true. They, that, that, that has been discussed numerous times. How true it is, I'm still not 100% sure. But I think it's an interesting concept. And the other thing I was going to say is, since Trump was elected, and 
every single poll ever was wrong. Well, what can you, at this point, what can you trust anymore? <laughs> Everybody said he wasn't going to win. So now it's like, okay, you, you were all wrong then. So are you all wrong now? So let's what? go back to that whole idea of, of where the, the, the polling is and what, and what to believe. I think that this will be a year that the polling does prove to be wrong once again. And the pollsters have to start recognizing that the people that they're polling no longer answer in the way that the pollster wants to ask. We don't answer questions now. And call it the millennial effect, right? And not necessarily to a bad way. Call it the personalization effect and certainly not to a bad way. Think of the things that you do. Think of music. Think of how iTunes has changed music completely. You don't buy an album anymore. You buy the songs that you want and you create your own playlist. So you pick one from here and one from there and one from, it's one from column A, two from column B, whatever the case may be. Your politics, or for a lot of people, their politics are exactly the same way. They, do, do you agree that, you know, pick subject X? Well, I agree a little bit on this thing, and then there's some things over here, and then, oh, I don't like that. Oh, I like this guy, but that guy. And so the questions have to get more granular, or the dig down has to get more granular. Uh, the, the, the generalities, at least it, it seems to me in, a, in an ever-growing tech world, don't work. They don't fly. They don't bring anybody uh, the kind of answers that you need. And I think that's why every bit of polling is like, oh, within the margin of error. That doesn't tell me crap. Within the margin of error, every race is, is, a, is, a, is a horse race. Well, then I don't need a pollster at all. It's like being a weatherman. Hey, I can predict the weather for today. Uh, it's it's uh, partly cloudy chance of showers. Well, even like uh, Nate Silver the other day, today. <laughs> what is happening? That's awesome. Even Nate Silver today or yesterday said, well, the Republicans are, or the Democrats are 86% chance of having a blue wave or the Republicans are going to win. <laughs> so it's like, what? <laughs> You're just throwing it all out there so that you can't possibly be wrong however what happens. Yeah, well, that wait a second. That's part of it. Like, if you're a pollster right now, if you're one of these people, like, you got to question your future, right? There's going to come a moment where people are like, screw it. I'm not, I'm not doing polls. We don't, we don't know what the numbers are. We don't know what the polls are. We don't know what it says. All we know is we're going to go out there and campaign and continue to have our conversations and try and build momentum and hope that uh, we get uh, the people to believe in what it is uh, that, that we're doing because we think we have the right message for America. That's going to come, right? Now, by the way, there's, there's another story. Um, that has to do with just because this whole thing started with Kavanaugh and we should never forget in the conversation about Justice Kavanaugh the number of media outlets that were willing to lie in order to make sure he was not confirmed they were willing to lie like you wouldn't believe they didn't give a damn about the truth at all there's a story about MSNBC this is from uh, Daily Wire a guy by the name of James Berry who has multiple sclerosis went to vote he went to vote he's also a, a an air force veteran multiple sclerosis so he's disabled as the story goes um uh, air force veteran as well uh he goes to vote and the only van accessible spot has a crew in it from msnbc where they're doing a a, a live shot they refuse to leave to let him park MSNBC wouldn't get out of a handicapped space, according to the story from the Daily Wire, to let a veteran park. 
am I good? Why don't they just walk onto camera, punch themselves in the face, and say, well, if this is what it takes to make $6.2 million a year, bam. You know? <laughs> and I know right it's low-hanging right fruit. In the face. I know it's low-hanging fruit, and you hate to do it, but just imagine if that's a Fox News van. No, it, don't hate to do it. It's a total fact. Well, the amount the total of outrage would it'd be off the charts, and for good reason. It's it this it's don't they know that it doesn't help them any like what what is the level of elitism that comes from doing that when the guy says hey that's that's where I'm supposed to park can you move and you're like oh I'm sorry we have a live shot for Chris Hayes and as you know Chris Hayes will not be kept waiting (laughs) what the hell where what takes you down this road of stupidity these are your people April D Gregory explain it my people yeah the elites that's, no, the that's elites you. are my people. The snobbish, <laughs> and they're uh, chick bourbon. Um, speaking of, so media elites, uh, did you notice how today the Indie Star did a non-endorsement of? They did a non-endorsement of uh, Braun and Donnelly. So Indie Star is the Indianapolis Star, Indianapolis that's a paper Star. of record, if you will. And uh, so le- it's it's part of Gannett, so it's a left-leaning paper, but. What do you mean they did a non-endorsement of the of the incumbent Joe Donnelly, the Democrat, and the challenger, the Republican, Mike Braun? Well, right. So a- normally the editorial board announces who they are going to support, who they endorse for big races like the Senate or the governor. Senate right now. So they, right. they did not endorse either. They wrote an op-ed for why you should vote for either one. There was two op-eds, no endorsement. And I think that was because... They're going to piss off 50%. Uh, you know, if, if they endorse Donnelly, like, you would assume they would have. Yeah, but that's their job. Their job is to stand up and say, hey, this is what we think. Right, but I think that they are aware of how many people do not like them. And so <laughs> they did not pick no. an endorsement because they knew all the conservatives would be like, this is what we knew you were going to do. You're a crap newspaper. Why are you still there? That is so weak. That is so weak. I mean, you, you guys know that I do, I do two radio shows a day. Here in in Indianapolis, my job is to provide an opinion and to be able to, by the way, back it up, you know, and oh, there are people who hate me and people who love me and all all sorts of things uh, go down. But you you don't shy away from giving your opinion. They they did two. They did two. Uh, so you could pick which endorse. I mean, they didn't endorse anybody. They just wrote an opinion column. This is why you should vote for Mike Braun. This is why you should vote for Joe Donnelly in a separate column. Good God. But I, I'm just highlighting that I think that maybe ass. they That's were... Totally candy ass. Well, I just... I think maybe they were aware of what the repercussions would be as opposed to MSNBC who was not aware of the repercussions I, I don't because think that's they what are elitists. I don't think that's what it is at all. No? I think the reason why they wouldn't come out and endorse Joe Donnelly is, is because Joe Donnelly has this act that Midwestern Democrats love to to roll out and it's aw shucks I stick up for Hoosier values when I go to Washington DC I'm going to stick up for Hoosier values when deep down what happens is he goes to Washington DC and then asks Chuck Schumer um, who sh- how should I vote Chuck and th- that really bothers leftists because they want to see a left wing guy come out proudly and say yeah, I'm left I mean, wing and I mean there's one ad where and you you did a parody of it where he, he <laughs> I mean for crying out loud he's quoting Ronald Reagan for yeah. Christ's sake oh my god he he <laughs> and that's so, gonna piss off any lefty I will admit the, the Indiana Senate race I don't think is any stranger than some of the other races out there candidates are all trying to figure out how they tie themselves to Trump everything is about how you tie yourself to to Donald Trump, and, and it's the first time that I can remember, you know the whole saying, all politics are local? 
right? Tip, I think it was Tip O'Neill. All, all politics are local. Not this time. For the first election I can, I can point to, it turns out that no, not all elections are local. As a matter of fact, they're all Trump. It's Trump 24-7. Now, I find it personally exhausting. Yeah. I like Trump on policy that gets enacted. I don't, in all, I don't always enjoy President Trump on when he uh, tweets or other things that he, he gets into. Right? I hate unforced errors, and I feel that he is often too involved in unforced errors that are unhelpful. I wish, I wish there would be that touch more self-control. Policy-wise, I, I'm, most things I'm very, very down with. I'm very okay with. Um, but but it's, it's, it's attitude and action that I think he hurts himself, and I think he causes uh, problems. And, that, and some are certainly le- legit. But, man, tying yourself to Trump in this Indiana Senate race is a great, great example uh, of that, uh, Joe Donnelly, the Democrat, wants to build a wall. Joe Donnelly, the Democrat, wants soldiers to have the best. It is so clear. He's running as, you know, Republican-ish. And the weirdest part is, as we're taping this, Barack Obama is in Indiana to campaign for him. So the standard bearer of progressivism is coming to Indiana to campaign for a guy who's tying himself to the, to, to the anti-Obama Donald Trump. What the hell is going on? 2018 is going on. 2018 Blowing is a freak your show. minds every Total, day. total freak show. Much more to get to. Eat, drink, smoke. Eat, drink, smoke, Tony Katz, April D. Gregory, Fingers Malloy. Uh, I want to get predictions, all right? Now, now, uh, listen, I, don't, I, don't like, I never like to date the podcast, right? I, 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 want it to, I want it to be fresh. I want it to be fresh like a, like a daisy or something that should be fresh. Um, but House, Senate, uh, who, who's it going to go to? Fingers Malloy. The House is going to be won by the? Democrats. The Senate is going to be won by the? Republicans. Uh, 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 April April D. D. Gregory. It is um, a Republican sweep for me. It is a Republican sweep. Yes. It is the Republicans who win the House? The governor, the Democrats get a few governors, but it's going to be Republicans, House and Senate Do you think for me. Gilliam in, in Florida over Ron DeSantis? Oh, God. Yeah. That's crazy. It's close. It's mm-hmm. crazy. And, and that race was pulling away for Andrew Gillum, the was. former mayor, the, the current mayor of Tallahassee, the Democrat, against the Congressman Republican Ron DeSantis. That race has tightened up. I am watching that one. Very, very close. Wasn't there some sort of scandal regarding uh, StubHub tickets or something? In well, there that was race? the whole thing about how Gillum got ended up getting tickets from an FBI uh, a guy to Hamilton, and it was only proof of uh, the kind of duplicitousness. And and the, there's a big investigation, a crime investigation into Andrew Gillum and his work there as mayor in in Tallahassee. I think the bigger one is his staff uh, discussing the fact that you know we're going to get people to vote for him based on white guilt. Right. That's the big one. Then there's a whole conversation of him using campaign funds for flights. And I'm like, isn't this the thing that took down Tom Price? Right. It's a little bit. Tom Price, it was taxpayer dollars. Right. He was just taking flights and it was being billed to, to taxpayers. Uh, with this, it was campaign contributions. So, all right, it's not tax dollars, but still, it's it's pretty ugly. It's not what you're supposed to use campaign dollars for, for your own personal uh, flying. But you think Republicans take the House and the Senate? Yes. I think that whatever happens, it will either be because of President Trump or not because of President Trump, <laughs> based on what President Trump says. I cannot wait to hear him uh, discuss these things, go through these things. Okay, if, if Republicans take the House and Senate, that man is going to be 
unstoppable. Yeah. He is going to be insane. And there better be a serious, serious watch over at CNN. They're going to be crying in a yeah. way. Tears. They're going to be like, we t- wait, be we beautiful. told you this isn't the way it's supposed to be. It's All the second time you didn't listen to us. Mm-hmm. Don Lemon is going to get on television and say, I'm Don Lemon. And not only is the president a white supremacist, supremacist, but so are all of you. Every single one of you is a white supremacist because you allowed Republicans to keep the House and the Senate. All of you should die in a dumpster fire. I'm Don Lemon. That's exactly what he's going to say. T- prove me wrong. Can I, can I throw out a uh, conspiracy theory? <laughs> I only wish you would. Only one per show. If, that elect- if the election goes in a way where Republicans take the House, take the Senate... Uh, and CNN's ratings continue to be in the toilet. I think there are going to be some changes in the primetime lineup. You are absolutely wrong, and you're complete. You're drunk. You're drunk. They're not going to change. They're not going to change this. until they love 2020 this. when they. Uh, but at some point, I, 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 look. Unless it's just not a serious network about making money, and I, I understand some. We has don't to know do that they're not making money. They're getting drubbed. I mean, you could put a test pattern on at the time when Don Lemon is on, and on that hour block at CNN, and they could get just as many numbers with a test Unt- pattern. Until ABC takes Alec Baldwin off this talk show. Alec Baldwin, a guy tried to park in his parking spot. Alec Baldwin hunted him down and beat him up and then claimed he didn't beat him up. All right, this guy has a talk show on ABC that gets beaten by everything. The Connors could beat Alec Baldwin head-to-head. That's how bad Alec Baldwin's talk show is. And they're not going to take him off the air either. I mean, may, maybe they, they eventually will, will, will get, some, get some brain power and do it. I don't think CNN changes a lineup. I don't see it. I don't see it at all. They love this. They love Chris Cuomo. They, they love should, Alison Camerota. Wouldn't it be great if they actually did some programming? Of course they won't. By the way, if CNN called today and said, hey, Tony, would you like a show on CNN? The answer would be absolutely. Absolutely, positively. But because you go where, where the, the opportunity is. Yeah. But I wouldn't, do, I wouldn't do any of those kinds of shows. Couldn't no. do it. And I guarantee you I'd have more ratings. You'd have the best ratings because I would, there's a market for you. I would, too. And you know what I would do on CNN? Tradio. That's what I would do. Buy, sell, trade. You got a lawnmower you want to sell? Bring it over to CNN. And people would rather watch it. you auction off lawnmowers than watch, I don't even know who's on CNN. Don Lemon. Don Lemon. 10 o'clock hour. Listen, we got some lawnmowers it's we need fingers, to push. Malloy, it's a swap meet. Glad you're all here. I got a 63 Studebaker. And Aunt Sally has a toilet from 1849. Telling you. I don't know why Ink that would be toilet. the voice. I don't know idea would that be the voice. Your imitation of me is spot on. <laughs> Thank you. Um, uh, Repu- uh, the, the answer is Republicans take the Senate. I have no idea who takes the house. I'm totally, I'm at a complete and total loss. If I was a betting man, I would have to go with the fact that the Democrats do take the house. If you just take a look at the law of averages and the amount of people who are who are up and the amount of seats that have been vacated by the Republicans, uh, that's that's where it goes. Um, if if they don't though, if Republicans keep the house, the the entire Democratic apparatchik falls apart. Nancy Pelosi is done with any leadership. There are state directors of, of the Democratic Party who are done with leadership. And the amount of people who run for president on the Democratic side jumps from 30 to 1,006. Everybody is going to run for president. it all comes down to Hillary Clinton winning. Well, no, that's, God, you're exactly right. Why are you so hateful? You're exactly right. It'll be a battle for the heart and soul of the Democratic Party in the 2020 election. If they somehow, imagine if the Republicans somehow not only hold the House and the Senate, but actually gain seats. That's it. Well, in the Senate, they can. Yeah. In the Senate, there is a, there's, there's multiple maps that have them gaining uh, uh, seats. If in the House, they, they gain seats, uh, 
I, I, you know what? I can't. I can't. I can't speculate to that level. I we just can't, can't speculate because can't we it. already lived through 2016, and we know it's, there's no point speculating. It's unbelievable. So, so you, it's 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 a split for Fingers Malloy. It's a split for myself, Republican Senate, Democrats House. Uh, it is a sweep for for April. D. Gregory. That's, it that's is. where we're going with. That's what well, I'm going with. Where Democrats are going to pick up are in the state races. Yeah. Well, you know, you're seeing And governor. that matters, man. That, it does. People do not put enough effort and, and, and focus on state races. Absolutely does matter. We'll get into that another time. By the way, a bigger uh, douche, Pete Davidson or Alec Baldwin? Oh, Alec Baldwin. He called his daughter a little rude, thoughtless little pig. That's right. Fing, uh, uh, April D. Gregory? Alec Baldwin. Just because we all know who he is. We didn't know this Pete guy until a month ago. Yeah. Uh, the, the correct answer is Alec Baldwin. That is, that is very good. Uh, find April D. Gregory on the Twitter box. Social media maven April D. Gregory. Fingers Malloy. Fingers Malloy Radio on Facebook. Wham! 1600. Uh, and, of course, the Snark Factor podcast. And, of course, uh, uh, April D., the, the podcast. I always forget the name. Smart Girl Smart Politics. Girl Politics. How did I? How did I forget it? Uh, find me at Tony Katz on Twitter. Tony Katz Radio on Facebook. The podcast, TonyKatz.com. And subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Eat, drink, smoke. Eat, drink, smoke. Eat, drink, smoke. Subscribe, review, five stars. Say something nice. um, And we appreciate it. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke.